Welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Manscaped and brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin-safe technology so you don't nick, cut, or scrape those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. We'd like to welcome our listeners back to Huskies on Tap. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. We're going to give you a two-for-one episode, people. We did not release an episode earlier in the week for a very special reason. We were out at the NIU-UIC basketball game tonight trying to, uh, I guess you would say, broaden our portfolio a little bit. We will be covering a little bit of the basketball game, and then we're going to preview the Western Michigan game this Saturday up there in Kalamazoo. First and foremost, let me check in with my co-host, Ethan. How are you today, brother? I'm good, Brandon. Happy Thanksgiving. I know it's one day early, but we'll be pumping this out on Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, It's a tough loss tonight with the basketball team. I know we'll get into that, but, um, you know, it's good to be back in full swing. Now that we got two sports going on at the same time, it's definitely weird. But, um, you know, a lot of NIU sports coverage coming out in the next few weeks for us. Definitely a very busy time, and yeah, I mean, I was happy to be out at the convo tonight. It was a great game, and you know, our Huskies, they played real strong there in the first half. They took a 20-point lead into the half, and you know, we're both kind of looking at each other. I think at that point, there was a stretch from 5 minutes and 26 seconds all the way to about 5 minutes into the second half that UIC did not score a basket. They did not score a free throw, a layup, a three, none of that, so... For, for NIU to blow what ultimately became a 22-point lead tonight in the home opener is extremely frustrating, especially considering how great they played in the first half. And one thing that I asked about in the press conference is, like, I don't know if I got a chance to say it to you because they had us at, like, different tables at the stadium, but the way this team played without Eugene German, you know, in the first game without the all-time leading scorer in NIU history, for them to be able to distribute the ball, get everyone involved, there was a lot of different players, you know, scoring buckets, driving the lane, hitting threes, all that stuff. And Coach Montgomery said, you know, because I asked him about that in the press conference, I, I said, you know, what can you take away from this game considering how good you played in the first half? And one thing that he he said, and it really stuck with me, was you can expect this team to have three or four double-digit scorers a night. And tonight, I mean, Cochran had a pretty good game. I know he finished with, uh, I believe, 15 points. Trendon Hankerson also had 10 points. Cochran had 13, my bad. And then uh, Darius Bean also had 13 points. So it was a very streaky game and one that we ended up blowing down the stretch. What were your thoughts on tonight's game at the combo? I pretty much agree with your thoughts. That first half was really good. I mean, I tweeted out during the game, too, that 
Coach Montgomery's defense looked so solid in that first half. And uh, to me, it just kind of seemed like they went away from that lockdown defense in the second half and definitely made uh, NIU have to readjust and fix some things from the first half. But, you know, I mean, the key thing here is you go back and you look at the box score and, you know, 38 to 18 at the end of the first half, and you're thinking NIU is going to win this game and they're going to cruise to the to the victory. And, you know, for them to be outscored 47-23 in the second half just really kind of surprises me. And if there's anybody that will get their team ready for their next matchup, it will be Coach Montgomery. And, you know, I think that they know that this was unacceptable. I know we stuck around there after the game and and yeah we'll be honest with you some chairs were some chairs were pushed over after the game by uh by niu players and they're frustrated they didn't want to lose this game and like you said for them to lose the home opener in the fashion that they did um definitely not the way to start the season but yeah hankerson bean and uh, and cochran really made an appearance tonight and what i like is there are just some flashy players on this niu team yeah, there was a lot of nice dribble penetration drives where, you know, I know you had a video of Cochran who had a really nice one in the in the second half. And then also, too, Caleb Thornton had one in the second half. And I found out later uh, when I went to the press conference, because there was a media member, I don't remember, I think he's from the Daily Bugle, but uh, Caleb and Tyler, Tyler Cochran, they played uh, high school ball together. So that's something that I didn't know, or I guess I didn't pick up on going into this game. But you could see that this team, uh, similar to if you watch the NBA, when Dwayne, or not Dwayne Wade, when Jimmy Butler was out, it wasn't like that Heat team was missing a beat. They still found a way to get everyone involved. And I think that's the one thing that they really stressed to us last week in the media in the media day was a lot of people were asking about Gino. You know, how are you going to replace his 20 points? Lacey James uh, was averaging, I believe, nine, and then Noah McCarty was averaging five. The team averaged 67 or 68 points a game. So they lost half of their production just with three graduating players. So there was a lot of question marks going into the season. But I think if we're looking at, you know, the game – Full, you know, full circle. The first half was one of the best halves of basketball that I've seen a college basketball team play. So we know the team can do it. They just absolutely dropped the ball and the shooting went completely out the window. And I guess you would say the aggression. There was a lot of uh, passive basket attempts or layups. There was at one point in the second half, Anthony Crump missed a dunk and then missed two subsequent layups. And it's like, if you get three opportunities in that spot, you got to finish big fella, especially, you know, at six foot nine or however tall he is. But it, it was, it was frustrating. I know I definitely was standing up like it was a uh, Madden or 2K game at the end, and it was not It was not a good sight on my face, even though my mask was covering it, to see uh, the game get blown in the, in the last 30 or so seconds. Telling me about it, man. I was live streaming the, the last two minutes of the game, and I was, I was speechless. I thought we were going to win that basketball game, and the turnover at the end there is just unacceptable. You know, I don't know if that's just early season issues, but you know, you can't have that you can't have that in a one possession game and you, you turn the ball over like that. But, um, you know, there, there are a lot of positives. I think one thing to take away from this too, is the team does not shoot threes. Like a lot of their, a lot of their possessions will be worked inside. And I think that, you know, there it's a grinded out team, you know, I mean, how many threes did UIC shoot tonight? I mean, I know they were up in like the fifties or something like that. So 33 sorry not even close 33 compared to NIU. yeah 30 33 to 10 and we shot them at relatively the same clip but yeah like you right. said it's it's a one of those one more offenses montgomery wants the ball to be distributed and, and they did that in a good job in the first half but it was more of that iso like you said in the second half and and not necessarily dribbling the air out of the ball but i guess 
take what you can get. If you got an open shot, don't make that extra pass. Pull up. I agree, and you saw tonight that they have shooters on the team. We saw it last year, too. You know, it wasn't just uh, Eugene German, although it was the Eugene German show. I mean, guys like Hankerson really stepped up, and you knew that he was going to be a guy that was going to be heavily relied on this year. And, you know, as a captain and as a guy who came back this year, and I really think he stepped up two tonight, five boards, 10 points for him, 29 minutes. I mean, it's a big night for him. And I think, like I said, he's going to be a guy that a lot of Husky fans are going to have to keep their eye on because he is going to be the leader in the locker room and on the court. Yeah, and bear with us. I'm looking also at the box score, uh, this efficiency rating. And the efficiency rating breaks down to points plus rebounds plus assists plus steals plus blocks, minus field goals attempted, minus field goals made, plus free throws attempted, minus free throws made, plus turnovers. Ethan, that's a lot of words. We're not math guys, but he had an efficiency rating of 11. And Tyler Cochran had one of 13. There was only one player that finished today with uh, with uh, with their efficiency rating in the negatives, and that was uh, Keenan Cole. And other than that, I mean, this was a highly competitive game. At the beginning, UIC could not get anything going. And like you said, Ethan, they were shooting a lot of threes. But eventually, as a basketball game continues to to go on, those threes are going to start to start to fall. And granted, it took them. 25 minutes of basketball game because they didn't have a bucket from the last five minutes of the first half to the first five minutes of the second half, which is something that in a game that we give up a 22 point lead, like how more of a 2020 game could there have been? No one was able to watch it. You had, like you said, you had to live stream it from uh, the Twitter. And that was something that I asked you about before the game. I was like, should like, should we just do videos or should we live stream? Like, I feel like people want to watch this, but I don't want to get in trouble. You know, I think we should, uh, you know, try and work on that a little bit. I mean, I had fun kind of doing the play-by-play there at the end. I think that if we're able to find games that aren't being streamed, I mean, hey, there's going to be a crowd that likes to watch this team. And if this team can find ways to, to string some wins together and ESPN doesn't pick it up anytime soon, I think we could, I think we could you know, have a future with, uh, with broadcasting. I'm not even mad at ESPN about it. This was a game, University of Illinois, Chicago against Northern Illinois. There should have been some way that this game got worked on to uh, local television. There was 60-some games today, though. There was that's, 90. That's there was 94, bro. Oh, I was, like, yeah. scrolling. Luckily I, luckily, I kept the live stats up from the game and, like, the whole live setup that they have. Shout out to uh, Jeremy Reed and Donna Turner for everything that they do for us. Uh, we almost didn't get Ethan in the building today because I'm an asshat, and I did not put his name on the list. I just assumed, which is, you, you don't do that in this business. So I'm glad I was able to get my guy in because I felt like I was going to get punted across the convo if that didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, I went live on the Instagram after I saw saw that you went live and Billy and uh, Trayvon actually joined in and then uh, Husky Nation from Twitter joined in as well. But it was one of those things where we, you know, it's our first basketball game that we're covering. We're trying to figure out what works best for us. I know uh, halftime, our Wi-Fi wasn't working the best. I couldn't get our our score graphic out, but hats off to you for grabbing all those videos of Caleb and, and Tyler Cochran and all those crazy layups and nice shots. I know you got a good one of Trendon Hankerson. But yeah, I mean, overall, I had a great time. It was a really fast game. It was so quick paced and you want to be able to win these close games. Luckily, it's a non-conference game. But one thing I said to our friend and uh, one of our listeners, Andrew Zimmer, is this is going to be a competitive team in the MAC. So 
you you take this on the chin and you move on. They got another game next Wednesday uh, against SIU Edwardsville back at the convo. Hopefully we'll be able to get out there. And then, you know, don't forget, this team has to go up to Iowa and play Luca Garza, one of the best players in the nation. So a lot on the on the horizon for this team. Definitely don't lose all your hair or, or you know, start going crazy after one loss. It's the first game of the season and they will be back. Absolutely. Like I said, I mean, I, I think that there's no better guy to lead this locker room than Coach Montgomery. And I don't think he's going to let a loss like this one happen again. And I was a hell of a team. Like you said, Luca Garza is one of the best in the country. And, and I think that if they are able to play the same defense they played in the first half tonight, I think that they can compete with anybody. And this team is good. This team is good, like you said. And hopefully, like you said, we can get on TV and we can get on a broadcast soon because this team needs to be broadcasted. Yeah, and for those of you that don't follow my personal account, I had to eat eight hot dogs on a, on Twitter the other day, and I'm thinking I want to make a separate bet with our guy Garrett from Iowa for uh, NIU versus Iowa. Obviously, we won't be putting any money on it, but I want to think of something that doesn't involve consuming eight hot dogs, but we, we can find something for that game. But do you have any? Uh, yeah, please, you know, please. Uh, yeah, please that, don't, that, don't make one of those. Yeah, no, not a hot dog bet. Uh, we'll we'll find some other form of content to put out there, and it's definitely going to be one of those situations where it's not a win loss. It's like you're giving me 30 points, and if NIU covers that or something like that, then you got to eat 10 hot dogs, my guy. But do you have any final thoughts about uh, the basketball game tonight and moving forward? I think it's a really good team. I, I was excited to see what this team had to offer coming out, and. Um, obviously UIC with their new head coach had a lot to bring to the table too. And uh, like I said, there's, there's a lot of flashy guys on this team, you know, shout out, uh, Caleb Thornton making a lot of moves tonight and, um, he's getting love for it on, on Twitter. And, uh, a lot of people have said that, uh, you know, he's been doubted on. So I'm excited to see what, uh, what he has to bring to the table. There's a lot of guys who I'm excited for this year and it's a huge opportunity now that a guy who, like you said, we rely on to put up 20 points a game is, you know, no longer here. So it's going to be a lot of small ball. And we saw that tonight. Small ball works. We've seen it work across the NBA and in college basketball as well and pick some things up. And that's a winnable basketball game tonight. Yeah, and I was about to make a small ball tweet uh, at the beginning of the game when I saw that they were going with three guards and, and you know, forward and a center. But you know, the way they came out, they were shooting like 60%, or, or I think it was 53% at the end of the first half, and it just, the roles reversed, everything flipped, and their second half happened to be better than our first half, and that's why we're on the wrong side of this one. But like we promised at the beginning of the episode, you know, this is a two-part episode. Uh, luckily, we were able to go to the uh, basketball game tonight, get our Wednesday night maxion fix in, because Wednesday night maxion is no longer. The rest of the football schedule will be played on Saturdays, and this Saturday, our NIU Huskies travel to Western Michigan to go play against the Western Michigan Broncos up there in Kalamazoo. This is a team that is 3-0, arguably one of the best teams in the MAC, a team that could potentially play in Detroit, and a team that I honestly, with with everything that's going on this year, I don't know if they'll be in the CFP rankings, but a team that could probably crack the uh, coaches or AP poll if they, you know, continue with the trend that they're on. Oh, yeah. I mean, one thing that I talked to Coach Hammock about in his press conference was just how good this Western Michigan offense is. And, you know, with that quarterback-wide receiver combo being probably one of the best in the MAC. I mean, obviously, Tyrese Ritchie's up there in, in his numbers, but uh, Dwayne Eskridge, man, I mean, we've talked about him since the beginning of the season, and now that week has finally come, and this defense has been 
so good in the last couple of weeks. They've been able to keep this NIU team that's been struggling to score points and find ways to move the ball, especially in the third quarter. They've been able to find ways to keep these games close. And this is a game where you're going to need to minimize the big plays. And that's something Coach Hammock talked about as well. And it's it's definitely something that will need to be addressed this week. And, and one thing that you know, I've seen the last couple of weeks is just the missed tackles, and you can't have that against uh, Ellaby and Eskridge. You know, they will find ways to beat you, and you know they they like to take shots deep. And if you are getting beat or you can't bring down the the receiver, you know you're you're gonna lose the football game. We've seen that the first three weeks, and I I don't think there's a better opportunity than right now to go on the road to a team that is probably overlooking us and getting our first win of the season against the team that we beat last year on our turf. Never forget, I mean, that game was absolute electricity for the Huskies to be able to get that win last year on senior night. But like you said, I mean, Caleb Ellaby coming into this game is 44 of 65 with 928 yards, 11 touchdowns, and a pick. Dwayne Eskridge, 14 receptions. Are you ready for the amount of yards he has? Can we get? I'm just going to ask you can, you, can you give me a guess? I will give you three guesses, and if you're within like 25 or so, I'll give you a correct answer. Uh, Eskridge's numbers? Yeah, Askridge is receiving yards. I'm, I'm not looking at it. I know I just pulled it up, but I think off the top of my head, because I didn't really memorize it, wasn't it like 1,100? has to be somewhere up there. No, 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 no. He has 457, though, off 14 catches, bro. 14 catches. So I'm pulling the, I'm cal- way off pulling the, calcul- I'm pulling the calculator out on that one. My man's is getting 32.6 yards a catch, yeah. and he has so four right touchdowns. There. Yeah, and I think that you know, obviously there's some inexperience at the the secondary position, but you know I think that we I also talked to to Dylan Thomas in that uh, pregame press conference as well, and he's another guy that's just excited to to get out there and and find a way to make plays. Yeah, I mean, and two this this Western Michigan team has given up a substantial amount of points. Each week, I mean, I know last week Central Michigan jumped on them 14 nothing early, and then ended up losing the game by I believe like 15 or 20. It ended up getting closer. Or no, it was eight. It was an eight-point game. It wasn't 15 or 20. And then you know Toledo was able to hang 38 on them, and then week one, obviously they played Akron, who has been you know the floor mat of the MAC for the last few years, but. NIU, the way their offense looked last week, going up against this defense, I don't know if I can come out here and confidently say, you know, we can go out and win this game, but I do like the way they were able to move the ball last week, too. Or I do like the way they were able to move the ball last week. And then on top of that, too, Tyrese Ritchie has just been a yards factory. He's been, you know, I believe he's number one in receptions in the MAC and number four in yards. So, on, an, on a team that's 0-3 on an offense that has been sputtering to be that high in the conference is absolutely insane to me. I feel that in order for NIU to win this game, if there is a way to win this game, like you said, they cannot give up those big plays. Because as you see with Eskridge's yards per catch at 32-6, he's, he's either, you know, getting some nine routes, some deep routes, or he's taking some slants and some, you know, some shoot screens or, you know, short screens to the house. He is very hard to tackle. And it's not because he's a, he's a load. It's because he's so shifty in space and he just makes a guy miss. Comes down to those missed tackles. Addressing that was probably, you know, one thing that I wanted to see over these 10 days. And uh, we, we even saw something that I know we both want to talk about is the ball control. We talked a lot about just the turnovers in the first three games and you know they worked a lot about that even in even in the snow the other day I know they released a video of practice and 
they were out there working on ball control. But at the end of the day, like you gotta you gotta bring this guy down. And I think if if you're able to continuously bring that pass rush, it, we've seen it ramp up in the second game of the season against Ball State or the third game, whatever game it was. But um, you know they were able to to get to the quarterback more. And this is an offense again. If you're able to get to the quarterback. It shuts down their uh, their ability to throw the deep ball and, and minimizes their big playability. So, one key is just to get to Ellaby this week, and if they're able to do that, I think that the the defensive backs are able to make plays. Yeah, that pass rush has to be able to get home. And then, you know, one thing that should be of note with Kyle Pugh getting, uh, you know, the targeting call at the end of the game last week. Eddie Jackson will be starting the first half in his place, and then two, Ethan, you you said that. Lance DeVoe won't be back for this game as well either, right? Correct, yeah. Coach Hammock confirmed that he's out again this week, but he is still recovering. So I, he didn't give a timetable, but he's out this week and uh, just recovering and he's on his way. So hopefully you get him back here for one of the last two games or if not the last game of the season. Was there any other uh, injury notes or anything of that nature in the press nope. conference this week? Nope, no other injury notes. Uh it was really just talking about what they worked on over these 10 days. And uh, I think that there's a lot of opportunity going forward to beat this Western Michigan team. They know that the offense needs to find ways to move the ball down the field. And I, I don't think that he's going to go away from Ross Bowers just yet. You know, there was a question asked about, you know, getting reps in for, for Fletcher and didn't really say yes. I think that he, you know, wants to see Bowers, you know, come back off this bye week and, you know, we'll see how the game flow goes, but, uh, expect Ross out there on Saturday and, and really to see where he can go. And I don't know, it's really hard to, to get an idea of where they're at with that. But until then, Ross is our guy and he, he's able to make plays. They just got to find ways to, to get it down the field and score points in the third quarter. That third quarter is a son of a bitch, isn't it? I mean, it's been our worst quarter all year. I don't know. I, I hate to I hate to admit, like, the Twitter followers are almost kind of right. Like, you go from watching NIU and then the Bears, and it's like, what? It's not what? fair. It's not fair, it's dude. It's not. It's literally it's not. not fair. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but, it, it, you know, I'm not a fan of it, but this team has to find a way to get it done. They got another tough road game, and, and in my opinion, it's the toughest opponent left on their schedule. I think they did play their best game of the season last week, their most complete game, and Ross played – Outside of, you know, the pick six, which seems to be his kryptonite this year, a great game. And, it, you know, we've talked about it off air. We've talked about it on air. We see it on Twitter all the time. At a certain point, you know, you do have to give those younger guys looks. But who's it going to be? Is it going to be Dustin Fletcher? Is it going to be Andrew Hayden? Is it going to be Rodney Thompson? Who knows? Uh, I know last week during the broadcast, they were really pushing the Dustin Fletcher narrative. And that really is by all means, probably the future at quarterback for NIU. But I want to turn this question around uh, and, and, you know, kind of just say it like this. God forbid Dustin Fletcher comes in at the end of the season when we're already, you know, one in three or one in four and sustains an injury at the end of this season where the season is already out of reach. What does that what does that solve? So there's a lot of different factors that play into it. 
And obviously we don't wish that anybody gets injured, but at the end of the day, I, I just feel like that could be a part of it. It could be a part of maybe for some reason, Ross will come back and play at NIU next year. He probably is going to get another year of eligibility, just like everybody else. And like you said too, Ethan, I just don't think that Coach Hammock is ready to pull the plug on the entire operation. It was not necessarily all his fault. I mean, he did have quite a few turnovers in the first game, but Outside of that one pick last week and then a couple of plays against Buffalo, he's played pretty well. Yeah, he talked about that after the Ball State game in the, the press conference as well. And he talked just about these next 10 days of the, bye, the mini bye week that they were on was just limiting the turnovers, you know, and all the turnovers that he had resulted in points. All three of them, I believe there were. The fact that those resulted in points, you know, he knows that those need to change. And I know we talked about this after the Ball State game as well, but you know, he's aware. He's aware of what's going on. He knows that, you know, the offense isn't where it needs to be at. And I, I, I think that he just, he has all the confidence in the world. And I, like you said, Coach Hamlick's not ready to pull the plug just yet. It's there. His play calling is there. I don't think that it's really a result of bad play calling. I don't think it's really a, a result of, of bad play. It's just three plays that have gone against NIU this year. And unfortunately, it cost us the game in week one. And who knows what that would have been like if they had won that game in week one. So, Yeah, there's a lot of what-ifs about this season, but you know, one thing that they have to do on Saturday, and it's similar to the way we kind of approached this last game against Ball State, they have to move the football. They have to be able to put points on the board. They have to be able to, to keep up because Western Michigan averages almost 500 yards a game. It's an offense that runs at an extremely high tempo. I know outside of, you know, being at the NIU games, we've caught a little bit of their games. I got to watch some of their game last week as well. And they try to get in as many plays as possible, very up-tempo, not trying to put a lot of time in between snaps. So there's going to have to be a lot of substitutions. There's going to have to be a lot of able and ready bodies to come in and make a play because this is a defense that you're not going to beat with just 11 guys. You're going to have to use 15, maybe close to 20. And that's something that we've seen with this team throughout the year is their ability to have players come in off the bench or players come in in certain spots and make a play. I was just going to say that too. I mean, we've talked about the depth at each position of this team and just how well-rounded they are with depth and I agree. I agree 100% with you. This is going to be an up-tempo offense, and we've got to rotate guys in and out. And I think that there's no better defense, there's no better you know, bunch of guys on this team that will rally together no matter who's out there and make plays. So you'll see that uh, early in the game with the absence of Kyle Pugh and um, you know, getting him back in the second half might make a huge impact on this football game. You never know. Yeah, it's going to be a day of discipline. I mean, anytime you have a guy that's capable of taking it the distance, anytime he touches the football, can take the top off the defense, you have to be disciplined in the secondary. Uh, shout out to Devin Lafayette. I saw he had one of the highest graded games for uh, college safety last week and my actual player of the game uh, from last week's game. Kid's phenomenal. Only, only a freshman, too, so throw him in the same category of, you know, the Trayvon Rudolphs of the world and the Harrison Whaley, someone that we're going to have the pleasure of seeing over the next three to four years. But, you know, looking at this matchup, one of the interesting things that I think is, uh, you know, Western Michigan head coach Tim Lester is a Western Michigan alum. And then obviously our coach Thomas Hammock is a NIU alum. So it's a uh, it's an all out Bronco versus Husky match. These guys, you know, they played for the team and now they're coaching their respective colleges. So definitely a cool matchup to see. And then one other note, too, I mean, 
the Huskies have the second youngest roster in the football bowl subdivision. So underclassmen make up 73% of the roster, 81 of the 111 people on the roster. And then one final note, I know you saw the video a little quicker than I did, but uh, freshman defensive end Devontae O'Malley uh, was able to get a scholarship too. So there's still a lot of positives to think about with this team. And I know we talked about it last week. We're never going to call this a fake year, but if there was ever a year to have a year like we're having right now, it was this year. Take it on the chin, like I said, with the basketball game. And, and by, by next season, this team should be very competitive, but they got a very tall task ahead of them on Saturday. I agree. I, I think that Coach Hammock is still the guy. Uh, there shouldn't be any doubt with that. And I'm really glad you mentioned those statistics because that's something that a lot of people have been going back and forth about is where this team is going to go based on this season. And it, I mean, we're living the tale of two teams, you know, one of our teams, Notre Dame is, you know, on the verge of going to the college football playoff in this year, in this crazy COVID year. And our team, our NIU Huskies are, are, you know, in a six game shortened season where we're 0-3 right now. So, you know, we're definitely seeing both ends of it, but this offense, they're there. I, I think it's there. We've seen hints of it so far, and I think that this is going to be the game that they really need to come out and piece it all together. And like I said, what better way to do it off a mini bye week against a team that is probably overlooking us? Because if I'm not mistaken, I think they have a week or bigger game. They yeah, Eastern Michigan the week after. So two games that Western is probably looking at and thinking these are the two easiest wins of the season. So what better way to go do it and upset them, you know, whether whatever you want to term upset. I think it's a huge opportunity for NIU to go out and win this football game Saturday. NIU is 20-point underdogs going into this game, so it's about three touchdowns. And on top of that, too, I mean, that's from what I looked at, I just pulled everything up on ESPN. And that's like the exact differential between uh, how many points they score and we score. So I don't know. Could could be a correlation. But just looking at this matchup, I mean, this is a game that we have to win in like the 20s. We can't let we can't let this game get into the 30s or the 40s because if we do, I just don't feel like we're going to be able to, to catch up. But it's college football. I mean, 18 to 22-year-old kids, anything can happen. These guys got up, you know, they came out to play last week against Ball State. We can only hope that they use this 10-day bye week or 10-day extended, you know, bye week type situation to really progress on what they did well in that game and and come out with a bang against Western Michigan. But uh, who do you have for your offensive and defensive players of the game for this week? So it's actually two guys that you mentioned, two guys that I was lucky enough to talk to in the press conference this week. I'm actually going to give you a a two-for-one here, kind of related to the episode. Trayvon Rudolph is my offensive pick as well as my special teams pick. I'm introducing the special teams pick. We've kind of thrown it out there with Ference and, and Richardson, but we've never done it from the kick return side. I asked Trayvon just how close he was to getting that kickoff return, and he said he's just one block away. So I'm going to call the kickoff return this week. I, I Look, I saw it in his eyes, man. He wants it. He's going to get it this week. Uh, so offense and special teams is Trayvon Rudolph and the other guy on defense is Devin Lafayette. I think that there's a big chance this week for him to make plays. This offense loves to pass the ball, and it's a huge opportunity for the secondary as a whole. And I agree with you. I think that this this game has to be won 
within the 20s. I'm going to have it in the 30s, actually. I think NIU's offense is able to put up some more points this week. But if they're able to win the game, it's going to be, you know, being disciplined on defense, and it's going to come down to stopping them um, on one last drive. But NIU wins it. I'm going to go with a walk-off game-winning kick on Western Michigan's field, 34-31 NIU wins. For me, on, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with the running game. I'm going to go with Harrison Whaley. I feel like this is a game where you need to control the clock. You need to take the air out the ball and keep the Western Michigan offense off the field. So Harrison Whaley is going to be my offensive player of the game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be a very, very tough game for that secondary. But I do feel like Jordan Gandy will have a quality game. And I, I'm going to go out and say Jordan Gandy interception this week. So special teams, Ference, obviously, because this was the game that he, you know, more or less won for us with the way he was booting the ball all over the yard, controlling the field position game and just keeping the ball inside Western Michigan's own 20 last season. So keep an eye on how how well Ference kicks the ball this week. It's going to play a big role in what we do. If we're not able to move the ball because I know that he is a guy that can give you that good cough and corner punt. And then for my score, like I said, it's a game that has to be won in the twenties. I don't I don't know how. You guys are probably gonna call me crazy, but I you know, if NIU is to win this game, I think it's gonna be like a twenty eight, twenty seven situation and it's gonna be the same thing that Ethan said. It's gonna be uh, you know, a walk off kick and I don't know how the math works out on that. Maybe it's uh maybe it's twenty seven twenty four. We'll say twenty seven twenty four. A little bit of a stinker uh, for a Mac game because there's been a lot of high-scoring ones this this uh, year. I just uh, sitting here looking back at the numbers. I don't know how 28-25 happened. So 27-24 is my final answer. Uh, do you have any wrap-up thoughts here for the basketball game earlier and then the Western Michigan football game this Saturday? I think as far as basketball goes, like I said, we got to stick around here because there's a lot of talent going around and there's going to be a lot of potential with this team in football. Man, we just got to go out and, and play our game, play our play our one-of-one, one, like you say, and, and win this football game on Saturday. It's a great opportunity, and I think Western Michigan is highly overlooking this football team. Yeah, this game, I mean, we talk about it every week. It's You got to go 1-0 and every week. This outside of Buffalo is probably the toughest matchup that they have on their schedule. This is that measuring stick game. This is that game where you know all the talking heads, the Twitter suits, and, and everybody has counted you out and a lot of people counted them out in that Ball State game, and they hung around for four quarters and, and, you know, lost the game late. So NIU needs to take what they can get in this game. They need to be able to get as many points as possible because you're going to need them going down the stretch. And they need to come back from Kalamazoo with a victory because I know Husky Nation is very hungry for a victory. I know the coaches, the players, everybody involved wants this team to win, and they just got to go out there and handle it. But again, we do thank everyone for tuning into this episode of Huskies on Tap. We apologize on the delay. We usually get them out a little bit earlier in the week. But since we were able to go to the basketball game and we'll be able to cover the football game, we won't be there this Saturday. Uh, we figured we might as well throw the two episodes in one. So again, thank you so much for listening. We wish we wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and a happy holiday season. Don't forget to check out our friends over at Manscaped. Use the promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. A great opportunity to get some early Black Friday shopping done from your house. But we got nothing else for you guys. This was Huskies on Tap. Thank you for listening, and go Huskies.
Yeah. I got drink of living lavish in the kitchen with the magic. I got drink of living lavish in the kitchen with the magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away.